Hello, and welcome to Liberate Your Soul, a podcast designed to quiet the inner imposter, awaken you to truths known within all of us, so that you can discover your purpose, heal heart wounds, and find where you fit in to feel whole and allow you to make positive, lasting impact on the world. I'm your host, Kelly Pierce, a certified business and personal coach. I help you find your authentic self in order to come from a confident decision-making place, an Akashic Records guide, Reiki master, and RTT therapist in the making. I'm a fellow seeker, and I've found that liberating the soul enables anyone to transition from anxiety to acceptance. It is my hope to provide you with inspiration and tools to help you feel confident, joyful, and loved. To learn more or to connect with me, go to www.quantumhighways.com. Oh my gosh, it feels like lifetimes have passed since we last spent time together, right? Okay, maybe it's just me. But do you ever feel like it's been ages since you've seen someone or been somewhere or maybe feel a certain way and then you look back and it's only been a little while, like a week? (laughs) Or maybe it seems like time has zipped by and you could barely catch your bearings and like six months is gone. Our perception has a great impact on what we feel when time passes by us, and this week I'm going to spend some time talking about the universal law of relativity as it pertains to our little mini-series here on the podcast that we're doing about the universal law. There's 12 divine laws if you look at one um, kind of theory, and some places will say there's three, some places will say there's nine, there's seven, blah, blah, blah de blah Um, I'm not here to say what's right or wrong, but I do find that these 12 are pretty, um, how you say, universal. So speaking of relativity, I think it's a pretty cool law that is dear to my heart because it has so many parallels with what I do as a conscious coach, a mindset coach, helping people discover and process their subconscious emotions that drive our behavior in a direction that is different than what we might think that we want. So basically when our thoughts and our actions aren't lining up, we kind of look at those underlying emotions and those thoughts that we are thinking subconsciously, we root them out as a coach. Um, And I kind of reflect back a little bit through practices and um, different ways that I was taught. So this law is not to be mixed up with Albert Einstein's theory of relativity. However, that is something totally different. He developed that theory in 1915 this universal law of relativity is also not to be mixed up with the initial theory of special relativity published in 1905. In that paper, Einstein determined that the laws of physics are the same for all non-accelerating observers 
that the speed of light within a vacuum is the same no matter what speed the observer travels. So the speed of light is a constant, basically. But the general relativity has to do with the understanding of how gravity and the mass of objects affect the fabric of space-time. So 10 years later, he understood that gravity had a bearing on um, the speed of light and how things travel through space and time. It's all wild and very scientific study, obviously. It's Albert Einstein. But if you're a nerd like me, you enjoy trying to piece together your thoughts around things like that in the times when you aren't being bombarded with your thoughts about your to-do list or actually doing the things on that list. But I'll share with you just one of the visuals that they gave on space.com so that you can kind of imagine it. So understanding general relativity, looking at gravity, right? The force of attraction that two objects exert on one another. So Sir Isaac Newton quantified gravity in the same text in which he formulated his three laws of motion. So the gravitational force tugging between the two bodies depends on how massive each one is and how far apart the two lie. So the center of the earth is pulling you toward it we're looking at Earth as a mass that causes disturbance in the fabric of space and time as it spins in orbit and has that gravitational pull, right? We know we're on the Earth. We know we're being pulled uh, toward it. That's why we step on a scale and we have weight. Astronauts can't step on scales when they're out in space because they're floating around. Um, and it's just spinning and the earth is being all big and stuff as time goes on and space is infinite, space is expanding. It's basically unquantifiable by our calculations at this time on this planet. Space.com gives a visual of imagining honey coating the earth as it spins. The honey's flowing from space above, that gravitational pull pulls it in, the big earth is in the way, it's getting all coated in the honey, and then the honey drips off of the earth, away from it, and it's affected by that mass. The um, the space and time is affected. So that's a pretty great visual, right? So basically, the electromagnetic radiation of an object is stretched out slightly inside a gravitational field. So that honey is going to get kind of spun. Have you ever seen spun honey? It's kind of pretty. So you can also think of sound waves, kind of like the gravitational waves um, that come from, they give an example of a siren on an emergency vehicle. When it comes toward you as the observer, the sound waves are compressed, they get louder, but as it moves away, they are stretched out or they say red shifted, but they're, you know, it's like the Doppler effect. It's the same phenomena that occurs with waves of light at all frequencies. So if you took really high levels of math, um, you know, there's the sine and the cosine frequencies and you can, um, have those intersects and you can do the, all the calculations and, um, you can be like a huge math nerd and get into this. But we didn't really come to the podcast today to talk about theory, did we? We're talking about the universal laws or principles that affect basically everything. So time moves more slowly when you're with your relatives. And when you move further away from your relatives, you're happier, right? 
wait, 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 no, that's not an absolute truth for everyone. I'm just joking around. I had an extra cup of coffee. Okay, I'm not sorry. That is actually my truth. I moved out before high school was over when I was taking that really high level math. And if I moved any further away, I'd probably start getting closer to my family. So I'm going to stay put. I'm going to quit grouping around and I'm going to get serious. So the universal law of relativity states that we are inclined to compare things in our world, but in reality, everything is neutral. Relativism exists in all things, and in the end, meaning comes down to our perspective and our perception. This is so good. It reminds me of so much of what we teach as a coach and what I learned being Um, formally trained as a coach. So circumstances are neutral. It's what we think about the circumstances that determine the quality of our experiences. So that family I was just joking about, they're not good or bad. It's just family, right? I'll say that again one more time for the people in the back. Things happen. They are not good or bad. It's just stuff get a job, lose a job, get married, get divorced, have a baby, have a falling out with someone. All of these things are just occurrences. What we make these things mean is really what gives them meaning. We compare the circumstance of having a job with that of not having a job and the scarcity thoughts of potentially losing our material possessions cause us to feel more secure in having the job and insecure in the loss of the job. What if we rejoiced in losing a job? Well, that frees me up to pursue the life I've always wanted. The exact right fit is waiting for me and I can pursue it wholeheartedly now. Doesn't that shift so much more for you? Everything is relative. If we get married and we're extremely joyful, we're full of hope and optimism because we're in a free country and everything is supposed to be wonderful and amazing and we can begin our lives together, that marriage is a circumstance. But then we find out later our spouse was hiding that they're a narcissist with addictions and debt and a string of problems behind them. How do we feel when we discover that we're actually locked in now, legally tied to this person in a binding way until we can find some way to divorce them? Or what if you're in an arranged marriage situation to someone you don't know, but then you come to find out that they're actually a wonderful person with a fabulous inheritance, and when you saw them, you fell absolutely in love with them? Relativism, comparison, is natural. You can't have up without down, left without right, good without evil, joy without sorrow. Everything in life is just is until we have something to measure it against. We determine meaning in everything in life. It's all relative. The law of relativity says everything is neutral because everything is relative. It's always up to us to place that meaning and to assign emotions to the circumstances. Everything is basically without value until we place it onto it. That's a bit harsh to think of something as kind of being worthless, but let's look at it from a Chinese proverb that's one of my absolute favorites, and it helps me to keep perspective on everything in life. 
A farmer and his son had a beloved stallion who helped the family earn a living. One day, the horse ran away, and their neighbors all exclaimed, Your horse ran away. What terrible luck. The farmer replied, Maybe so, maybe not. We'll see. And a few days later, the horse returned home, and he came back with a few wild mares with him. And the neighbors were shouting out, Your horse came back and came home with several new horses. What great luck. And the farmer replied, Maybe so, maybe not. We'll see. Later that week, the farmer's son was trying to break one of the mares, and she threw him to the ground, and he ended up breaking his leg. And all the neighbors said, Your son broke his leg. What terrible luck. The farmer replied, Maybe so, maybe not. We'll see. A few weeks later, soldiers from the National Army marched through the town, recruiting all the able-bodied young men for the army. The farmer's son wasn't able-bodied. He had his broken leg, so he was still recovering, and he didn't get drafted to the army. And his neighbors once again were rejoicing and saying, your boy is spared. What tremendous luck you have. And the farmer replied once again, maybe so, maybe not. We'll see. The farmer is so wise. He understands the law of relativity, that all things are relative to each other. All the universal laws are related and correspond to each other. The laws of the little are the same as the laws of the great. There is no big or small, no fast or slow, except by comparison. There's no good luck, no bad luck, no good karma, no bad karma. There's just events that occur, the meaning that we attach to them. Events are going to happen in our lives, no doubt. Even things that make our minds bend around how much of a shift from the norm that they are. Oh my gosh, I got a huge tax bill. Oh no, how am I ever going to pay that? Except we can look at it relatively. Oh wow, I earned a lot of money last year. I should have withheld more to pay the taxes. Amazing for being so great at earning money. And I should have better planning for next year's taxes. Or maybe somebody very, very close to you passes away and you're devastated. You're shattered. Death isn't a surprise. We see it all the time on the news. We attend funerals for our beloved aunts and grandparents when we're young. We joke that the only things mandatory are death and taxes, right? Except except our own brains equate loss in the physical with devastation and fear of what is to come. We didn't actually picture our lives without the loved ones that we love in them. We can't imagine what life is like, and facing the reality of our own death can be terrifying. Even recording this podcast has me sometimes pondering the finite bit of life that we get, that long after I'm gone, there's going to be a digital footprint of me left behind, and what do I want that to be? My mind doesn't quite want to compute the required death sentence that we're all given at birth. In fact, as a youth, I was terrified of it. Literally did not sleep for years thinking of the magnitude of the finality of death for years, but that was all a lie. 
Here on Liberate Your Soul, I'm afraid I haven't done a very good job of communicating to you what I set out to do in the initial stages of planning. Being authentic, yes. I'm hopeful that the topics and general overtones are somewhat eternity-minded. Sure. But all out sharing with you the fullness of life, the experience, and what it means to know with utter certainty that our souls are eternal and convey to you that the peace that I have within my soul, knowing that we're so much more powerful than what our minds can give to us, no, I haven't done that, and I owe you a great big apology. I'm not sure why I played it safe for like 70 plus episodes, or maybe it was just somewhere in the middle. I felt like I wanted to keep it interesting or relevant to what I thought you needed or wanted to hear. And perhaps there was a bit of a fear of judgment, of comparison, of being compared to others and falling short. So I ended up intellectualizing the words that I shared with you, the listener. I did research. I carefully chose stories that I thought you might be entertained by, but not too upset. But I can't do that anymore. I can't worry about what a few individuals might think or what the world thinks of a Christ-loving Buddha principled Reiki master who prays to a perfect God that is not male, not female, no no origin of humanness, but all things wonderful and expansive and powerful, and also talks to her plants. (laughs) I just can't spoon feed everyone. I've got to share with you the vision moving forward, and right here, right now, right smack dab in the middle of this mini series episode, it seems like it's the time. So these laws, these are the ones that govern the universe. They're interesting and they're a segue for what's to come. These are the truths that I know within my soul, the one that gives me a wisdom that is beyond my years on this earth. But after this series is up, we're going to be moving on to a new season, one where I share with you a different set of information on how to better live without falling into the law of relativity trap. You'll discover how liberating it is to give your everything to being present in the moment and actually living a real authentic life. Whether or not you're a creative sort of person like me, if you're a believer or a light worker or just into a variety of things like the Enneagram type seven that you've gotten to know and love, hopefully you're going to be able to step into that standing in your truth. No holds barred. This is me. I have to be me, I love myself, and I'm getting out of my own way sort of boldness that is required to show up and level up. So there's a sneak peek of what's to come in a short while, and things have been cooking over here, and I'm feeling kind of spicy. But spicy relative to what? Like Taco Bell spicy or authentic roasted habanero and roasted tomato spicy? Okay, first of all, my rant is over. I want to finish up and give you some ways to apply and incorporate this law into your life moving forward and also give you some reassurance that I, if you haven't been able to tell by now, have gotten over my fear of death. Um, If you haven't listened to those early, early episodes, like one through I think 12 or something like that, I share with you some of my supernatural um, glimpses of the afterlife through 
grieving through the grieving process that I went through like a dark night of the soul that I've literally witnessed the miracle of um, hearing from my loved ones after death and I have some pretty amazing experiences that I haven't even shared on the podcast but I have deep deep reassurances that we do live forever and you know God is just got such an amazing plan for each and every one of us. And it's my mission here on this planet to make sure that you are living the life that you came to live, that you feel fulfilled and that you're happy and creating and being um, just everything that you want to be. I want to finish this series strong and move forward into what um, I've been kind of I guess, orchestrated or um, given instruction to to do. So let's wrap this up and give you some pointers. So I know I sound like a broken record, but A, all of the laws build upon each other. So far, we've talked about divine oneness, the law of vibration, action, cause and effect, sowing and reaping compensation, attraction, and perpetual transmutation of energy. Now the law of relativity will help us to understand that the things that have happened in our life are all relative and we can have compassion for everyone in the world who has experiences and we can understand that they are indeed relative to ours. There's always someone out there having something happen that is worse than better than or being experienced or perceived as worse than or better than ours. Again, remember, it's what we think of it, right? So you got divorced. Someone is stuck somewhere in a marriage without love or support. You, who is divorced, are free to pursue other options and create the life that you want. Meanwhile, they are lonely and afraid to ask anyone outside of themselves for help or support. That sucks, right? Who's got it worse? Pity party, table of one. Here's a hint though. Don't make that reservation. Let's say you just won the raffle prize that you knew you were going to win because you were just buzzing with excitement and you were all about buying those raffle tickets. That's great. But you get home and you see that someone on your social media feed just got given an inheritance worth like triple your life savings relatively, are you going to let that kill your winningness buzz? No, you wanted the raffle. You felt good about the raffle. Don't let that law work against you. Allow the greater vibes of joy and excitement to envelope and override any envy or not enoughness that you feel and appreciate your situation exactly where you are. Remember, you only know what you know about their situation, not what they don't share with you. Everyone is, quite frankly, fighting at least one battle and has gone through many to get where they are today. I did an episode once about decompartmentalization and how opening up is the way to really connect our life experiences and live a fuller and more fulfilled life. So don't rob your own joy and feel less than elated for anyone who's succeeding or been afforded what appears to be a lucky break. Speaking of luck, 
I am reminded of some visuals that I've seen where there's someone standing on a block of success and then it's kind of underpinned with smaller blocks of hard work, diligence, perseverance, failures, doubts, worries, obstacles, and other things that crop up over time whenever someone wants to undertake anything that is worth doing. If succeeding in business or creating something fantastic were easy and like an overnight thing, then everyone would do it and everyone would be astoundingly rich and successful. But not everyone has the resiliency that it takes to keep at it in the face of failure. But some people can turn their mindset into one of greatness by using this law. The number of successes is relative to the number of attempts. Colonel Sanders took his famous fried chicken recipe to over 300 rejections before someone said yes to him and his pressure cooked special recipe. We now have over 11,000 KFC restaurants and one is coming up in my neighborhood soon. It's not my favorite restaurant of all time, but it certainly is a successful one. J.K. Rowling received 12 rejection letters for Harry Potter before a publisher finally picked it up. The owners of Google pitched to Yahoo in 1998 to suggest a merger, and they were rejected. They would have been sold for a handful of stocks at the time. Within five years of that rejection, Google's net worth was $5 billion, with a B. Their name is now synonymous with an internet search, and their current estimated worth is $280 billion. The law of relativity is what makes someone compare something with another thing and give it value, meaning, and perspective. So if you're feeling like right now you don't stack up against someone famous or wealthy or talented, there's probably someone who looks at you and thinks that they can't compare to you and your skills, your talents and accolades in one area or another. Perhaps you're an extraordinarily compassionate person or you have a great talent for creativity. Maybe your sense of humor is impeccable or you dress extremely well. Maybe you can cook a great quiche or you pick out very thoughtful gifts. Perhaps you've spent a lot of hours getting great at writing or dancing or you learn easily or maybe you're multilingual or animals naturally gravitate toward you. Maybe you found the love of your life early on or you have a family that considers you priceless. Mindbodygreen.com says that applying this law can help us understand the tougher parts of our lives with greater compassion. For example, if we're feeling ungrateful for our living situation, it could be because we're comparing our arrangements with someone else's. Instead, we'd be better off appreciating what we have without needing to compare it to something else. A New York walk-up could be someone's dream home, while someone else sits in a sprawling single-story home in Montana. Or maybe the four seasons of the Midwest drive somebody batty while they long for the warmth of the dry desert air. Nothing is better or less than anything else. It's all relative. Having grace, compassion, and kindness with yourself, with the people around you, 
and with the areas that you struggle in or think that you're lacking in is key to finding balance of contentment within the world we live in today, where everything is on display and just ready for us to compare. I do hope that you've been enjoying this little interlude on the podcast and that you're looking forward to our next season as much as I am, where we're going to dive deeper with more focus, more diligence and tenacity to get to the core of bringing out the greatest parts of you than ever before. To become more fully you on the path of your life trajectory for a liberated soul is truly my goal as facilitator here on the podcast. For more focused attention and to dive deeper on a consultation specifically geared to taking your life to the next level, feel free to reach out to me and set up a consultation call. We'll set aside a full hour where we review all the things you want to achieve and devise a plan to get there. As a coach, I have hundreds of hours of experience with helping people all over the world achieve their big dreams and understand the stumbling blocks and patterns that keep people from doing the things they want to do. Go ahead and send an email to info at quantumhighways.com. Follow me on Instagram at Kelly Pierce author, or click on the link in the show notes below to book today. And if you liked today's episode, please do me a big favor, leave a five-star review so that we can get heard by more folks out there just like you who need this in their lives. I so appreciate you. I appreciate your listenership more than you could ever know. Have yourself an amazing week. Remember, everything is relative and the things that you think in your mind are what give meaning to the experiences. Until next time, Take care.